oh my gosh, if everything I've put my trust in, my security, my appearance or my success or money or attention can be stripped away in a matter of a moment, I need something substantial. I need a found, firm foundation and I realize I need God again in my life. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. And today we have an exciting guest with us, an actress that many of you will have watched on your TV for many years, actually. And uh, uh, she's one of my favorites, for sure. But before we get to introducing her, I want to tell you about a new app that we have here at Charisma Media to serve you even better. If you like reading Charisma Magazine in print, Maybe you would also like to listen to it. Well, you can now do that. We have CharismaMediaAudio.com. So be sure to check it out because there's a 10-day free trial you can participate in and see how you like it. So just go to CharismaMediaAudio.com. And we thank you. Welcome, Nancy, to Charisma Connection. I'm going to tell everyone who you are, but uh, now they're wondering, who is the actress called Nancy? I uh, just want to welcome you today. How are you doing, Nancy Stafford? I am great, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I look forward to our conversation. Now, uh, let me tell our listeners who you are. Nancy Stafford, if you see her picture, you would probably recognize her. She was Andy Griffith's law partner on TV's Matlock for some time, and she spent five years on that program, three years on St. Elsewhere. There's another show you would recognize. Uh, she's done ABC's Sidekicks. She's done NBC's The Doctors, and she's appeared on lots of other uh, shows even the scandal. Oh, Nancy. <laughs> Bet you could tell us some stories from that one. <laughs> too scandalous. <laughs> too scandalous, real. right. Well, she's she's done lots of films, too, and uh, I, I have to tell you, Nancy, that our producer is really quite the Hallmark fan, and, and I know that you've been on shows like Christmas Oranges, Christmas with a capital C. I bet she knows those by heart. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite movies, those Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I like that you've you're also doing some uh, Christian uh, movie-type work. Uh, you are making your directing debut, Damaged Goods, and that's with Asbury University. We've done some work with Asbury. And also you're in pre-production, I believe, on the film Grace about a female frontier missionary. That's very interesting to me. I, I had a missions background as well. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> and then... Yes, and, and, you, and you've written books? Oh, my goodness. You've, you've done a lot of things, Nancy. How, do, how did you find <laughs> well, the time? You live long, when you live long enough, you, <laughs> you've had time to do a lot of different things, and I certainly have. <laughs> well, I want to mention your books, uh, The Wonder of His Love and Beauty by the Book. And uh, those are both bestsellers from Penguin Random House, so you want to check those out. Now, Nancy is here to talk about one of her upcoming movies called First Lady, so we'll get to that in a bit. But, Nancy, I just wanted to give people a picture of your wide-ranging career. Now, what do you like to do best? I know you've done modeling also. Modeling, acting, speaking, writing? 
You know, that's a very good question and a difficult one because I love them all. Um, and it it seems like at the moment, if I've just done a women's conference somewhere and and had four sessions to go deep with people um, about the Word and the healing power of Jesus, then I come away from that saying, this is the most exciting thing. I want to do this every single day. And I do. And I feel the same way when I'm steeped in a book, and I feel the same way when I've just am in the midst of a project. So I really do love them all, and I feel like um, they complement each other. And it's their aspects, like all of us have aspects of gifts God's given us. That when we get to exercise them and get to participate in co-creating with Him in those areas, it's incredibly fulfilling. And I just feel so blessed to get to do all of them. Uh, I do have to ask you, though, what was it like working with Andy Griffith all those years? Oh, golly. They were probably the five most exciting, lovely, wonderful years of my acting career. Um, mm-hmm. I loved Andy. We had, it was, it was like a party every day. He was incredible. He was funny. It was like watching a master class in acting when I was mm-hmm. on set with I learned so much from him. And, you know, he's an American icon. He created characters, both the Andy Taylor, the old Andy of Mayberry character, um, which deeply impacted our culture in the 50s and 60s and on, and in reruns now where families are watching the wonderful values and and um, virtues um, that were displayed in that show. And then to create a character like Ben Matlock, who was funny and and winsome and feisty, but also a man of deep integrity. So I had a blast with him. We became good friends, and I I got to stay in touch with him and um, actually got to speak to him just a couple of days before he passed away. So um, it was a real joy and a tremendous blessing. Oh, that sounds really special that you got to work with him and, and uh, know him so well that you could even speak to him a few days before he passed away. Wasn't that... In- uh, I'm trying to remember what year it was he did pass away. I think it was like, oh golly, was it was it 16, 2016? Mm, could be, not too 14? long ago, really. Yeah, a few, a few years ago, not too long ago at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Nancy, um, let me ask you a question about your testimony. I know that your, your husband is also working in ministry. Uh, is he not right now? Uh, he's a pastor and a worship musician. He has been a pastor for most of our married life. He's um, He was one of the original pastors of the Vineyard Christian Fellowship mm-hmm. uh, that began really as a Bible study at Chuck Gerard's house. Larry was playing music with the Chuck Gerard Band, and he had just graduated recently from Dallas Theological Seminary, and he was out here playing worship music with Chuck and doing a Bible study at his house. And that was really the incubation, if you will, and the the birthing of the vineyard, which then later, you know, certainly Ken Gullickson was part of that original vineyard and, and, um, um, Larry, and then, and then John Wimber was invited to come on board and be the papa, really the more mature Mm -hmm. one, the, the daddy of it all. And he really was part of a number of vineyards throughout our marriage as um, primarily a senior associate pastor. His last one was uh, Malibu Vineyard, um, where he went back and helped kind of shepherd those folks. Hmm. He's currently doing worship leading, not leading, but worship uh, music Hmm. at about five or six different churches here in the Southern California area. So 
he doesn't like me to say this, but it's, I think it's true. Though he's not technically pastoring right now in a church, because he's mentoring these young worship leaders and really involved in their lives, and, and um, he's a very wise man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Larry's an amazing man. And um, so he's really, I think, doing ministry in a slightly different way, but he's pastoring just as much as he did when he was actually in the pulpit, in my view. And that's really well, the role all of us have. I, I think yeah. you do if you're in music. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. And that's uh, Larry Myers is your husband's name. Mm-hmm. Yes, Larry Myers. Yeah. Wonderful. Too... He plays strings. He plays ah. cello and mandolin and violin and viola and all the guitars. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Very anointed player. Hmm. So you've been married a few years? 30. 30 <laughs> to this wonderful guy. Feels like it's gone by very fast. <laughs> wonderful. So mm-hmm. you, you certainly have a family life alongside your career. Yes. It's a wonderful stability and so grateful for it. Mm. Have a, uh, we don't have children of our own, unfortunately. We were never blessed with that. But um, I have a wonderful stepdaughter. Katie, who is almost 40. I hope she doesn't hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's amazing. She, Though she's not technically mine, she, she couldn't be more mine than if I'd actually given birth to her. And we're very, very close. And then I've got an amazing 18-year-old grandson, Blake. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, tell us about your your own salvation testimony. How did you come to know the Lord? You know, I grew up in a in a wonderful church in a Christian home, and really knew the Lord. Uh, received Christ when I was about eight years old in my hmm. Wilton Manors Baptist Church in Florida. And yes, you're a Florida girl. Uh, I'm a Florida girl. Yeah. Of course, we're based here out, outside of Orlando. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are. Yes. Oh, that's right. Where Charisma is, of course, it is. I knew uh-huh. that. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to University of Florida, too, So I, okay. and I started in the industry down there, too, before I go, went to New York. So I had many years in Florida and still go back quite often. Mm. And um, I really did love, I just loved being in church. I loved doing the hymns. And I just remember I, I, I feeling just a real sense of the Holy Spirit uh, just fall on me when I was singing hymns in that little Baptist church, and I would just cry in God's presence. I just loved it. I'd look around, felt really weird, because I was the only one crying <laughs> while we were singing <laughs> hymns. But but the Lord just really, I had a really intimate and tender relationship with the Lord from a very young age. But um, maybe some of your listeners can kind of relate, but I really had a tough time growing up. I was, I was not, it's the, the irony that I am, I've pursued an industry career, and I'm in the public eye, is not lost on me, because I was the nerd, the geek, the dork, the brunt of every joke, (laughs) teased, taunted, and I mean, it was just crazy. Not by my family, they were wonderful, but by my peers. I was Mm. just the brunt of every joke, and um, I I was smart, but I was unattractive, and it was like, ugh. But church was the place where I felt... The, the intimacy of the Lord. But when I went off to college, I had really even then begun to feel like, you know, people in the church didn't really fully understand me. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I could be enough. You know, mm-hmm. sadly, some of the elders who were, I know now in hindsight, they were trying to help me. They really were. 
But they'd say, you know, if you could be more like Susie, you could be a real leader. If you would be more like Linda, you know, um, your parents would be so proud. Well, I couldn't tell them that Linda was meeting her boyfriend in the back of his car and now was afraid she was pregnant. I couldn't tell. I knew stuff, but I couldn't say anything. And so I was so confused. And when I went off to to college, 500 miles away, I didn't intend to walk away from God by any means. But I honestly felt like I could be a Lone Ranger, and it just me and Jesus, and we'll be fine. Well... As you know, as often happens when you're not in fellowship, you're not in community, you're not going to church, little by little, uh, my relationship with God began to get cool and cold and dwindle. And I started acting a whole lot more like Linda and Susie and the, the people that, you know, were being pointed out to me as being the representatives of of Christendom, but I knew the real stories. And I started acting a lot more worldly. So I became a prodigal for 15 years. I was out in the world, and I didn't turn away from God exactly, but I didn't really have any kind of meaningful relationship with Him. And um, But I had a crisis in my life, and here I was modeling in New York. I was very successful, and at 24 years old, modeling with Ford models, I was diagnosed with a severe skin cancer right on the side of my face hmm. and everybody all the doctors in New York said it's nothing it's nothing don't worry it can't be that but when I went to one doctor in LA Los Angeles he said oh my gosh you're in surgery tomorrow and hmm. then he said I can't promise what you're going to look like so you better have another career in mind wow. that rocked my world and woke me up, and I realized that, oh my gosh, if everything I've put my trust in, my security, my appearance, or my success, or money, or attention, can be stripped away in a matter of a moment, I need something substantial. I need a found, firm foundation, and I realized I need God again in my life. So I began this whole search through many of the world religions. I studied it for years. I studied hmm. Buddhism. Hinduism and Rosicrucianism at the Office of E and the metaphysics and the whole New Age gamut. I was steeped in it and I found it fascinating, but it had, I had no joy. I had no peace. Here's the thing. I found that it didn't change me in any way. It didn't change the way I treated other people. It didn't change how I lived my life, how I conducted myself. Certainly didn't change how I felt about me. I had a, a very deep secret sort of self-loathing that was lying about an inch underneath the surface of my painted-on perfect smile. Hmm. But God just kept blessing me. So uh, I did this show in in New York called The Doctors, a soap opera, and then I did a show in L.A. called Say It Elsewhere, and then one day I was on my way to Hawaii to shoot an episode of Magnum P.I. as a guest star. And that day, one of my many spiritual books I was always ordering in the mail came, I put it in my luggage and headed to Honolulu, and someone in Magnum Production had made a mistake, and they'd brought me in three days too early. Hmm. And this never happens in production. It's a very, very expensive mistake. (laughs) That just doesn't happen. And God had made an appointment with me for three days. I stayed in my hotel room. I never left, and I opened the book, and it was a collection of Christian testimonies with a foreword written by Jamie Buckingham. Oh, and Jamie if I Buckingham. Read, 
yes. He, yes, well, he was very integral to this very ministry. Charisma I know. Media. Mm-hmm. I brought his name up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And as I read each of these people's testimony, um, I just was struck because they had what I was desperately searching for. And I realized I didn't have a relationship with God. And it broke my heart. And I fell on my face just sobbing. And then suddenly the curtain of my life, literally, Chris, went up. It's like God allowed me to see my life as it really was for the first time in years. And it looked like I had it all. You know, I was very successful. And and I actually got to see just how absolutely devastatingly broken I was. And um, I saw my compromise. I saw... I saw my brokenness. I saw my sin, and it undid me. And I just, again, fell on my face. And this time, I was washed fully with the presence of the Lord, who basically scared me, because I I was saying to him, I'm too far gone. I'm too far gone. You don't want anything to do with me. I've used up your mercy quotient. Mm. (laughs) And uh, he, he came to my spirit, just as he does to all of us, and said, don't you worry about that. Don't you dare try to clean yourself up first. You can't. You come to me right now, exactly as you are. And it's my job to heal you and cleanse you and transform you. Just come and let me wrap you in my arms. Let me love you. Let me heal you. Let me make you into the woman that I designed you from the beginning of time. And um, it was just this unbelievable peace and joy that flooded me that had been missing all those years in my life, and uh, I felt like the prodigal kid that was grabbing onto my daddy's sleeve. I felt like I was home again, and it changed everything. And after three days, you know, I finally had to get up and shoot the Magnum P.I. episode, <laughs> and I got to so be honest that with a, you. that was a letdown? <laughs> yes! I'd been wanting to work with Tom Selleck forever, but after three days with God, honestly, Chris, God was... Tom was pretty anticlimactic mm. after three days with God. So, um, but I came back to LA with new resolve, with excitement, and a, and a fresh start, a new beginning, and that's what just changed everything. And from there on, it was, um, you know, it's just been an amazing, incredible time of seeing him redeem the past. That's what he does in us. He redeems our past and restores us completely. Hmm. So. God brought you a book that you didn't expect, and that was your divine appointment. That's amazing and wonderful to hear that story. Yes. And, you know, I think that may be much of why when a a Christian publisher approached me about doing my first book, um, Beauty by the Book, it's the subtitle that's the key, and that is Seeing Yourself as God Sees You. I, I was so hesitant to do it. I thought, there's a million books out there. Who needs to write and read another book? I mean, come on. But he said to me, Nancy, how many people can you speak to at a time? I said, quite proudly. I said, oh, 350 maybe. He goes, exactly. Books <laughs> multiply your ministry. Don't you yes. understand? It's not about you. It's And it reminded me of the impact that Power for Living, that book, had done in my life. And I thought, okay, if I can do a tiny fraction of of good for someone else, I will happily do it. And um, so that's how the books got started, really, the impact of a book in my own life. And, um, and I write what I need, I'll be honest with you. I'm very selfish. <laughs> um, 
And I wrote Beauty by the Book because I desperately needed to see myself as God sees me, not as the world does or our past or our warped self-perceptions, but as the creator of the universe sees each one of us, I needed to be reminded of that. And I thought, if I do, maybe somebody else does too. Well, Um, I think that's true. It's the human condition, and uh, a lot of authors, I think, investigate and write the things that they need to sort of preach to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's where it comes from, the most authentic place, you know. Mm -hmm. And we're Mm -hmm. all alike. That's the beauty is no matter who we are, what we've done, where we live, what we do for a living, uh, you're right, the human condition, we're all yearning and searching for the very same thing. We're all, we all experience the same thing. Mm. Well, I think our listeners can hear uh, what a great speaker you would be for their church or women's conference, <laughs> uh, this, this kind of topic. Uh, but uh, just to change uh, course here, you have a fun new rom-com movie coming out. Uh, tell us about The First Lady. Oh, I'm so excited about it. It's um, a wonderful PG-rated rom-com that's releasing in, right now we're in over 70 theaters nationwide in select cities. That's coming out on Valentine's Day. So it's very, very exciting. It's it's basically a modern-day fairy tale uh, with a, a little bit of royal charm, and it's set in the world of presidential politics, but not political at all. So mm-hmm. it's really, really fun that here in this very heightened ay, political season with a lot of heat, here is a romantic comedy that's has the White House as a backdrop that is totally nonpartisan. <laughs> so I think it's a chance for all of us to kind of you know, put aside our differences, just take 90 minutes, come together across the aisle, whatever you may believe, and just laugh. Laughter is good medicine for the soul, and it's healing. I think it could be healing even for our nation. So the premise is fun. Um, I mean, I play the First Lady of the United States. I'm Flotus. I mean, how exciting is that? (laughs) Especially to be a woman of age and get to be Flotus. I just think it's great. And what, it, what the story's about is that um, my husband, the president, dies in office, and his dying wish is that I would help our current vice president in his bid for election to the White House after, you know, when it's time for him to be elected. So I agree to do so, and uh, mainly to keep my promise, but also to keep the horrible, ditzy competitors from totally ruining the integrity of the White House and the position. But um, what also happens is that the prince of my youth, played by the wonderful Corbin Burnson, actor, many of your listeners have seen him in many things, yes. he uh, had disguised himself as a teenager. He was actually the prince of a little fictional European country, and I had met him as a teenager. We had sort of fallen in love, first love, and gone our separate ways. Well, now he is literally the king of that country. And he comes back into my life knowing I'm now a widow, and um, he wants to see if there's still a spark. So um, he ultimately ends up giving me a proposal that might be a little hard for me to turn down. <laughs> it's great fun, a and lot of fun. you're not going to tell us what that is. <laughs> I don't think so, but I bet you'll guess, especially your producer who loves Hallmark movies. This is, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this, is, this is such a Hallmark movie. It's so awesome. And um, so it's good for the whole family. So we're inviting, you know, our friends and our 
listeners and believers all over, while it's not a faith film per se, it's a wonderful family-friendly PG-rated film. And we're inviting you to bring your special someone or your whole family or make it a girls' night and go to the theaters. You can find out where we're playing uh, in theaters near you at the the movie's website. And um, come join us on Valentine's Day weekend. Excellent. So that's firstladymovie.com. That's where they can find out uh, where the movie is showing. That's right. The button right at the top at firstladymovie.com says theaters. Just click it on, and it'll tell you where is a theater near you. And if you don't see one near you, um, hang on, because they're adding new theaters every day. So um, it's, it's very exciting. And you know what I love about this movie, Chris, is while it's not per se a Christian film, the writer, director, producer, Nina May, is a very strong believer. Everybody connected with the movie is a believer. All the cast, most of the crew... And it is just imbued with kingdom values. Hmm. And my character of Kate, who plays the First Lady, I love her because she is just um, it, it is full of, her character is full of biblical values of integrity and sacrifice and generosity and truth in the midst of very hard circumstances. She actually is a real light in this movie um, because of how she... You know, she's such a woman of high um, integrity. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's very exciting. And I think it's, it's, it's fun to see a character like that and other characters that are uplifting and ennobling, a message that's full of hope. That's the other thing I loved. It's really about hope. It's just when we think that life might be over for these two characters, these older characters, um, it's really sort of God's wonderful um, statement to all of us in the kingdom that that there's always time for a second chance. You know, that, that we think life may be over, but life might just be getting started. It's just begun. And that's what New Life in Him is all about. Wonderful. And so once again, that's firstladymovie.com. And Nancy, you have your own website too, don't you? I do. I'd love to have people visit. It's my name, Nancy Stafford www.ncstafford.com. And Stafford is S-T-A-F-F-O-R-D. NancyStafford.com. Excellent. Well, Nancy, we're so glad you dropped by on the phone, at least, for a visit. Uh, If you're ever in Florida again, and I know you will be if you're in Orlando, you're welcome to stop by and see us here at Charisma Media. I know you do spend a little bit of time in Florida. I do. I go to South Florida, but I have many, many relatives and friends still in the Orlando area, too. And we are, look for First Lady, we're all throughout Florida. We have a lot of um, showings in the state of Florida, including Orlando, so... Well, very good. It's It's been our delight to speak with you, a, a real blessing to hear about your testimony, too. So thanks for being with us on Charisma Connection. Thank you so much, Chris. Lovely talking to you. God bless you. You, too. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, be sure to check out charismamediaaudio.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. 
We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.